welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina and I'm your host and I'm really excited because this week I have the most incredible guest, Katie Dalebout. If you're not familiar with Katie, she is just overall an incredible person, but I first found Katie because I found her podcast, the Let It Out podcast used to be called wellness wonderland and that's when i found it and i found it um at a time in my life when i was feeling very alone and i was sick and katie became my friend i would listen to her talk i would listen to her interviews and the sound of her voice soothed me she made me feel less alone in this world and i felt like i got to know her she was my friend i hope that that's kind of how i am for some of you guys too oh but yeah, no, Katie's incredible. She has been podcasting for so long. Like she's the OG podcaster. So she knows what she's doing. She also recently, well, like a year ago, released a book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling. It's all about journaling and it's incredible. So you should check that out. And, you know, she has a blog, her website. She's just an incredible woman. And I met her in person like in real life at the good fest this year which was amazing and she spoke there gave a killer speech made me cry tears of joy because she just kills it every time and i'm just so grateful that she was willing to come on the podcast and let me interview her more so she's truly an incredible human i can't say that enough and i'm really excited for you guys to hear this so let's get into it hi katie hi christina how are you I'm great. I'm so excited to be with you. I think you're amazing. I think you're amazing. I've literally been dying of excitement waiting to talk to you. It's so fun because I feel like I'm just hanging out with you in your room. You (laughs) are. You are. Yeah, this is my room. Can you see? Cool. My bed's right there. This is the Let It Out podcast recording studio, also my bed and my desk. I love it. So however however you want to look at it, I either live at work or work from home however it could be either way (laughs) I love that wait and so for people who don't know you where are you exactly what what state are you in I'm in Michigan I'm in Detroit for less than a month and then I'll be in New York City oh my gosh the city of dreams are you excited I am I am kind of excited I think I'll be more excited when like the logistics of moving and packing and finding a place and getting my things set. I'll be more, I'll be happy when I'm like settled and I'm like in the place I'm in and I can like explore my neighborhood and like be in the city for the summer. Then it'll be exciting, but I'm excited sometimes. And then I'm scared. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's always scary going somewhere different and switching everything up, but yeah. What part of New York are you going to? I'll be living in Brooklyn. Ooh, fun. Yeah. I can see you in Brooklyn. Thanks. Um, yeah. How long have you been in Michigan? I've forever. Oh uh, my god. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a big. Here. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't live. I live in Detroit now, which I love. Um, but I didn't grow up here. I moved here for my job like four years ago, and I grew up in a small college town where I also went to college and. Anyway, it was a good place to grow up, but I think it's important to, for me, maybe not for everybody, but I I think it's important to move and live outside of where you grew up just to try something new and see more of the world. And anyway, I think it will 
teach me something. It'll, I'll learn something. I keep saying it's like going to be a good life episode. Like mm-hmm. I'll learn about myself. I'll learn. I'll meet new people. I'll have new opportunities. I think when we just switch up something in our lives, it like forces us to grow, you know, even if it's just like walking a different way to work or, you know, trying a new class or a new food or something. Like I think doing new things are good for us, even though they might be uncomfortable at first, which is kind of like the phase I'm in right now. I totally agree. I think that's so important. Um, Are you from California? Yeah, I'm from the Bay Area. And then I'm in LA. Yeah, so that's like a big move. Yeah, no, it's good though. I like it much better here. I think, yeah, I love LA. Yeah, and I think also sometimes when people are in one place or in the same routine, you think that that's kind of like the best it will be because that's what you're used to, and you don't even know that something better could be waiting. You know? Yeah. So yeah. you're right. It's good to switch things up. But mm-hmm. okay, let's like back up. Why don't you tell people who maybe aren't familiar with you a little bit about yourself? What do you do? That kind of thing. What's your claim okay. to fame? Who is Kate oh, about? I don't know if I have any claims or any <laughs> fames, um, but I'll tell you some things and then you know me. So feel free to like flesh yeah. out anything I forget. But I have a podcast that you know about. That um, it's called, I was going to say it was, it's called the wellness wonderland. It used to be called the wellness wonderland. It's called let it out hosted by me. And I, like I said, it used to be called the wellness wonderland. I started it back in 2013 where no one really knew what podcasts were. They were still relatively new and, you know, it was pre-serial and some really famous NPR produced ones. So I was kind of in, it, it was kind of like what blogging was 10, 15 years ago where, you know, not everyone had a blog and it wasn't very saturated. Now, you know, everybody has a podcast and yeah. their brother, but back then there really wasn't that, there weren't that many and there weren't that many in like the wellnessy space and it was kind of just me and I was just this you know I a child I was 22 years old you know I was in my bedroom not this bedroom I moved but a <laughs> yeah. bedroom. and I was just emailing people who I thought were interesting and cool on the internet asking them if they would come on my very important podcast <laughs> which in reality was just me and my you know, computer <laughs> but I think podcasts were so new that I had some luck that they were kind of like, oh, yeah, a podcast? Sure. You know, like, yeah. it was, you're on iTunes? Okay. You know, like, but really anyone can be on iTunes and it's like not hard. But at the time, it, it kind of gave me some legitimacy because I got some guests through, you know, connections I made. And also, and not really, actually, it was more just me sending these really earnest, real, authentic emails to people saying how their work impacted my life and I appreciate them and hey would you come on this podcast and the thing about asking people on your podcast this is sort of a tangent so stop me anytime no go I like it do it okay cool I I was just gonna say like I think the thing about podcasts and asking guests on because people often ask me you know like how did you get you know Gabrielle Bernstein or how did you get Joe Cross or you know whoever it was like and and those were like my first like 10 episodes and I think the reality was you know, first of all, I sent out a lot of emails and I got a lot of no's too. So mm-hmm. statistically, some people have to say yes if you're doing a lot of reaching out. That was part of it. I was very persistent and I still am. And the other part of it was I, 
like I said, I was earnest and I was real and I just, you know, I thanked them for their work and then I asked them for their time. And I think with podcasts, you're not asking for anything other than the person's time. Like you're not asking them to give a talk or a Ted talk or a speech, or you're not asking them to write something like I don't like for doing this with you. I was excited too, because I don't have to prepare anything. I literally just get to like sit down at my desk and like turn my computer on. I don't have to prepare for this in any way. So I think people are more likely to say yes to podcasts because the barrier to entry is rather low, especially because I, like you, record mine over the internet so they can do it in their pajamas. They don't even have to turn their video on. They can be, you know, wherever in the world and they just give me like an hour of their time or so. And that was pretty simple. So anyway, I, that's kind of a tangent about yeah. podcasts. But no, I, I started, agree. I'm, I think also people, I mean, still people are like excited about it because there's still a lot of people who don't understand podcasts and they're like, like I'll ask yeah. people and I'll be like nervous and they'll be like, a podcast like you think I'm worthy of a podcast like I can come on I'm like yeah like come on like I would love to have you on I feel like people there's still some novelty to it so yeah it sounds like a big deal to people like now the novelty has kind of gone for me because I do it you know yesterday I did three podcasts like Mm -hmm. that I was on and today I'm, I'm doing this one with you and like tomorrow I'm doing somebody else's and then I'm recording two for mine this weekend. So like oh I'm gosh. always doing podcasts and then when I'm not doing them, I'm listening to them when I'm walking, when I'm driving. Like I love the medium. Like yeah. I really, really, really genuinely love it. And so for me, it's it's something that I feel like everyone knows about, but I forget that it's still rather new and not everyone knows about it. I feel the same way. What are some of your other favorite podcasts? Oh, that's such a great question. I... Oh my gosh, I have so many. Um, well, okay, this one's kind of uh, boring, but I think everyone should listen. Not boring. It's not boring at all to listen to, but <laughs> like it, it's maybe the topic. It's a news podcast. Okay. It's called The Daily by the New York Times, and I think everyone should listen to it because I used to be someone who like didn't really follow the news. I, you know, I'm sort of embarrassed to say that, but like I wasn't really very informed, and I didn't really know what was going on in the world that much. You know, I would like read some things, a tweet here and there, um, you know, maybe read an article to try to stay informed if I could, but like barely at all. But I learn really well through audio, which is maybe why I love podcasts so much, but I'm an auditory learner. And so anyway, the New York Times came out with this podcast in February called The Daily, and it's hosted by this great guy named Michael Barbaro, and he is a reporter at the New York Times. And it's only 20 minutes long, and every single day it comes out. um, So that's called The Daily. But it's just two stories and they go really in depth on those two stories. And you kind of feel like you're in the newsroom. And I studied journalism in school. So I kind of like that. And he's talking. He's like coming up to other New York Times reporters at their desks and they're like super busy and asking them about, you know, this specific story. And you're getting like very informed on that one story. And then at the end, he's kind of like, here's what you need to know today and gives you like a rundown of like four or five things, but that's it. And it's really digestible and easy. And so that's kind of one thing that I listen to every day that just kind of makes me feel informed with what's going on. And, and I enjoy it. Like I enjoy like discussing it. My boyfriend listens to it too. And so like we kind of can like discuss it. And I feel like I'm, you know, more informed about what's happening in politics or in with the environment or with like things happening in the world. So then it can make my 
work more informed. And it, it helps me kind of get out of my head too, because I think, you know, we get so engrossed in our own little microcosm of social media and, you know, this kind of club that I love being a part of, which is like wellness and the things that, you know, and our work or, you know, our own relationships that it, it kind of helps me to see the world as a whole. Yeah. And it's such a reliable news source that I really like that one. Um, but that's like not, I want to say some other ones because that's like a news one that's very serious, yeah. but I also listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Um, I love the, you made it weird with Pete Holmes. I love Pete and, um, Val are amazing and I love that podcast and I love Alexi Wasser's podcast called love Alexi. Um, and those are lighter and, um, sometimes talk about serious things, but are mostly lighter. And I like how to be amazing with Michael Ian black and, uh, I don't know why those are the only ones coming to mind right well, now. Those but are good. Those that gives favorite. a lot of people. I need to do the news one because I'm bad about that too. Like I have no idea yeah. what's going on in the world. And I've been struggling with that a lot, especially, I mean, kind of bringing it back to what you're saying about social media, like this, that space is so overwhelming and like, yeah. I need to force myself out of that space and be like, okay, let's real life, real world problems. Like yeah. I don't really care what you ate for every meal of the day today. That's yeah. really not an issue. Um, so no, like the news thing is that's such a good idea. I didn't even think about like listening to podcasts. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really great news podcasts. I mean, I listen to a lot of NPR too, but like, mm-hmm. I love the fresh air the podcast version of Fresh Air with Terry Gross, I think is really great because she talks to like pop culture people. Um, but also she talks about news things every once in a while too. And I, I really enjoy listening to that. And then as you know, yourself and and me too, as an interviewer, I gain so much from that of like, you know, she's kind of my hero with the, (laughs) the questions that she asks. So I like that one. And then, um, NPR started like a new one that's like similar to the daily, but I don't like it as well. It's like, shorter but um anyway I yeah. yeah I like that and and also do you ever read the skim no it's really cool it's like this newsletter you can sign up for and it comes into your inbox and it's like the top news stories of the day but girls write it and they write it like how you would talk to your girlfriend so it's like I love that yeah they put it in like the terms that like how we would have a conversation so I used to read that more often but now I like don't even really have time sometimes i read it occasionally but gotcha that's also a good one okay well that's a good tip okay i want to kind of like okay i f- i think a lot of people who listen to my podcast probably aren't that familiar with you and i want them to really just know all about you oh my goodness so i want to oh. interrogate you kind of about your life and i want to go back to the beginning sort of yeah not all the way back but so what first got you interested in like the wellness space? Um, okay. I'm going to tell you everything, but I've just been like in my head about a podcast. I forgot to recommend. Yeah, Tell me. I have to recommend my good friend, Jess Mernan's podcast. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And there's so many other is that I'm forgetting now too. So just like I, we can have a whole list of those. I could talk about that forever. Um, but anyway, okay. Yes. So I got into wellness. I didn't grow up, um, being into wellness and at all really my I grew up you know with like a standard diet my family wasn't 
and it wasn't didn't even like know really about wellnessy things like I didn't grow up with superfoods or you know anything like that um, and then I went to college and I, I took a yoga class in high school it was like a gym class and I really loved that and so I loved doing yoga and I went into a yoga studio we, we had like a field trip to a yoga studio during high school and then I loved this yoga studio and went every single day after that field trip through that summer. And I didn't – I wasn't going away to school. I went to a school that was in my college town largely because I was obsessed with my yoga studio and I wanted to like train to teach yoga there and I wanted to be there. And I did. I, I learned to teach yoga and I was doing yoga all the time every single day, sometimes twice a day. And I think maybe that kind of sparked things within me to kind of – you know, take to the internet and get into wellnessy things. And my freshman year of college, I I don't know if I even gained weight, but I feel like there were so many people who were telling me that I was going to yeah. from um, that I, I just was scared. And I, I think I maybe did a little bit. Um, but it was the, the interesting thing about call from high school to college is that, you know, my choices around food and even my time and how much I moved or like exercised or anything wasn't in my control. You know, it's not in your control as a child or as a high schooler because I wasn't the one with the money buying. Yeah. I wasn't buying groceries or like in charge of my schedule. Yeah. So when I hit college, that's when I was finally like, oh, I can eat whatever I want and I can do whatever I want. And not that it felt super controlled before, but it just was kind of controlled of like the nature of, you know, living at home with a family. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was just my mom. But anyway, it was it was controlled. And so then I so I maybe gained some weight. And but I don't even really know that might have honestly been in my head. Um, and if it, it wasn't like anything dramatic, yeah. but I, I was, you know, just starting to kind of look things up. And this was all really in a way of dieting essentially like I looked at, I looked at it as wellness but essentially I wanted to manipulate my size and shape based on you know what I was eating and, and how much I was moving but it all felt very out of my control and like oh this isn't something I could do and I don't know you know how to even like go about this it just seemed very like big to me and like something I, I couldn't do or wasn't a part of because it wasn't how I grew up and I didn't really know anyone who was like into wellnessy things um until the internet and then I studied the abroad yeah <laughs> that hole <laughs> right dark hole um, it's a dark hole but also it's like the brightest nicest yeah. unicorn hole too because I you know I'm talking to you right now and I've met the brightest stars of the bunch you know so true so Anyway, that's like a whole nother conversation, but yeah. quickly I'll like land this plane about like my, how I got here. But, um, anyway, I studied abroad. I went to Spain like right after my freshman year and I had such an amazing summer and it was, I made, I hated college my freshman year. And then after that, after I studied abroad, I loved it. I came back and I had friends and a boyfriend and like just had this like lovely summer and I was really happy. And through that, I didn't even realize it, but I had lost some weight or at least to the point where, again, I wasn't like weighing myself or like noticing these changes really in my clothes or anything. But I started getting these compliments from people and from society of, oh my gosh, you look great. Or like, you look so different or whatever, whatever you, all of these, this validation on my physical body and it got in my head and I wanted more of it. 
which is like how most of us are, unfortunately, in society. So from there, it felt in my control. It felt like my weight was something I could control. And I went down the wormhole of what could I do and how could I lose more weight? And if I could do that, then maybe I could, you know, lose even more and and I could keep this going. And so it was, you know, juice cleanse after juice cleanse and you know, all of these really kind of negative things to my body looking back in hindsight, but I was doing, you know, dieting, but I was kind of veiling that under wellness because to me at the time, dieting was so uncool, you know, like dieting was something that people did in the nineties, but at least in the nineties, like they called a spade a spade. It was like diet Coke and, you know, fat free things. But like now we can veil dieting as like, clean eating and you know I'm I'm on a wellness journey you know yeah. and like that's totally what I did but you know I did I'm not even I don't want to even go into all the things I did because I don't think it's productive but it would I'll just say like everything you're thinking I, I probably did and it was yeah. like not healthy for my body and net really negative things happened to my body and my hormones and did all you that. did you realize at the time the things that you were doing that they were like bad for your body or did you think that you were like making yourself healthier I think if I really ask myself like if I'm really honest with myself I knew I think mm-hmm. I knew but I think I was able to lie to myself mm-hmm. like there was this one time um I was taking an art class in the summer and I was doing a cleanse. I'm not even going to shout out what it was called, but it's like a very famous cleanse that people know about. Yeah. And I didn't bring enough of the stupid concoction to this like four hour art class. And I ended up, I don't really know exactly what happened, but I fainted. I like passed out. Oh my God. And um, I remember like go, a friend picked me up and I like went home and my roommate made me this um, organic gluten-free peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> and And I was like, can't eat the sandwich I, I can't eat the, it's not in my thing and oh. I can't eat the sandwich and but I need the sandwich and it was just yeah. like turmoil in my mind and I remember like I ate the sandwich and it was the best sandwich I've ever had in my life maybe because I hadn't like eaten in a week but I remember at that moment I was like this is like just a sandwich like why am I freaking out over this I, yeah. I knew at that point that like something was off um but it wasn't time like it wasn't time for me to like actually get that and stop it didn't it took you know, like moving the the timeline forward quite a bit, it got worse and worse and worse. And physically, I got worse. And it was very, very apparent. And so by that time, it was my senior year of college. And my professors were very worried about me, my family. It was it was really bad. And it had spiraled out of wellness to just straight up like not doing really, you know, it was I, I technically at that point, I got into treatment. And I was technically I think diagnosed for anorexia, but that was, which I I definitely had at that point for sure, because I think it's a slippery slope of like you lose some weight or you have some success, I guess, with whatever it is that you're doing. And then it can kind of spiral into, Oh, like if I can do that, like, let's see how far I can go. Or you Mm -hmm. kind of like, for me, I get like OCD about it and, and let be, and I'm like, Oh, well, if I don't, you know, eat perfectly, I'm going to, it's going to stop or I'm going to, I just, I'm so mean to myself and, and that's what I was doing. And so, I think maybe I would have been um, categorized as orthorexia, but that didn't exist in the DSM at the time. Yeah. Uh, But it was like kind of a mix of both. And it's such a slippery slope in between those. And so then from there to just like fast forward this quickly and then you can kind of like touch on anything you want to touch on in here. But then from there, I, you know, was in this treatment for 
my eating disorder and to kind of like heal that, I think I turned to orthorexia kind of even more where I was like, I've got this. I'm just going to eat more, but I, avocados, I got this, you know, like I was still kind of in yeah. it, but I was just like, I was, I was healing it and I was, it was, at least I was eating, but I was like still very controlled and what I was eating and, and how much and, and all of it, even through my like recovery. Yeah. Um, and like years after like living on my own after like having gone through recovery, like I still wasn't recovered from the thoughts and from the, you know, things that I thought about my body and myself. And, um, so from there I ended up, um, you know, going on this like huge journey that I hate that word and I feel like it's super overused, but basically from there I had started to talk to lots of different people cause I had started my podcast at that point point. And I was talking to lots of people about wellness. And what I realized is there's a million different approaches to wellness and it looks different. Health really looks different on everyone. And you can be healthy at any size and body diversity exists. And that's so great because if it didn't, you know, life would be so boring because we would all be carbon copies of each other. But that's, that's kind of where I am now with it. And, and you can tell like through the trajectory of my podcast that, you know, it started off very much me asking these questions to people, you know, how many chia seeds do you eat? And like, should I have warm water with lemon before I work out or after? And yeah. how much apple cider vinegar, you know, all these like crazy things. And then now, like, I don't care about that stuff. Like, it's like, it's cool. It's part of me. And I said this in my talk at the Good Fest, like, you can take the girl out of wellness wonderland, but you can't take the wellness out of the girl. And yeah. like, I still love a green smoothie as much as the next guy. And I love all of these practices that were so important to me, but I don't beat myself up when I, you know, stay up too late or I, you know, enjoy something that I just find pleasure in. And I think, you know, we have so few sensory pleasures in life and taste is one of them and it shouldn't be denied. And I think we beat ourselves up so much and we're so hard on ourselves that I think that stress is worse than anything we could be eating. And that's kind of, you know, where I am now. And to say that like, you know, and in between there, I, I wrote a book too, which we can talk about, but like yeah. to say I'm completely <laughs> perfect on all of this is like not even true. I still have negative thoughts all the time, but I can kind of like know the things that shift me out of that. So, okay. There's so much I want to talk about with this, but going back to like the recovery, was there like a moment? Well, did you, were you like ready to go into treatment and like were you like, did you accept, okay, I have an issue or was it something where like your family, friends were like, you need to do this? Yeah, I did. It was the second. Okay. I was really like, no, 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 I got this. Like, I know I'm underweight. I know none of my clothes are fitting me. Um, but you know, I'm just going to eat more avocados. I got this. I got this. Mm -hmm. And the, it was just kind of like my professors, like I, it was, I was trying to like graduate from college and figure out how to like be a person in the world. And just now, like I actually, this is funny that we're talking about this right now because I always look at that app time hop, you know, on your phone. Do you have that app? No. It like shows you what, it shows you what you posted like last year or the year before, or, like oh, 10 okay. years ago sometimes. And it, I looked at it today and I saw the photos of my college graduation and I was like, it, uh, it's almost like, you know, when you like see your own blood or it like hurts. you get a cut yeah. and it, it scared me, you know, like it's, it scared me to see. And, um, because it was, it was very apparent and I, at the time didn't see it. And that's, I, I think what's, what's kind of scary. And so, no, it was very forced by, you know, my doctors at the time and my family, my professors, 
I wasn't allowed to do yoga anymore. My, um, my yoga teacher was like, I'm afraid her heart's going to stop while she's in there. And that was kind of a moment where I realized, okay, if I can't do yoga, then, uh, I'm going to have to figure this out. And, um, I remember like my professor, one of my professors called me into his office and like had a talk with me that, you know, ended in tears. And, and there was like, that was kind of the first of, of many just people telling me that they were worried about me. But the craziest part of all of this is that at the same time that all I was having these, you know, essentially interventions kind of, of people telling me like, you have a problem and you need to uh, figure this out. Um, there were still people largely women saying you giving good. me compliments. Yeah. And telling me I look so great and asking me, you know, what do you eat? What do you do to work out? How do I look like you? You know? And, um, and that is a big problem in our society and the way yeah. that the pressure we put on women to look a certain way. And it's really scary and sad. No, I agree. And I had a similar experience and I think that's why it's so confusing. And like what you were saying before, yeah. like at the time you don't see it. And I try and explain this to people. I was like, at the time when I looked in the mirror, like I was 75 pounds, but in the mirror, I saw a girl who was still the same weight I had been my whole life. I didn't see it. So then it gets confusing when you have some people telling you you're too thin and others telling you, you look amazing. Like, yeah. what's your workout routine? What are you eating? Like, I want to look like you. And you're like, yeah. who do I believe? Because I can't trust what I see in the mirror, but who do I trust? Yeah. And like, and I think you can probably relate to this too. Like I knew I was, I knew I didn't, it wasn't like I looked in there. Cause I remember like, did you have dare in school? Yeah. I remember like in dare them telling us about eating disorders. And there was like a cartoon graphic of a, of a very skinny girl looking in the mirror and seeing this like very blown up blimp of a person. Yeah. And it wasn't like no, that. It wasn't that. It wasn't like I thought that I was overweight. Yeah. Like I, I knew my clothes didn't fit me. Yeah. And like I weighed what I did in middle school. Like mm-hmm. I knew something was was off, you know, and I had all of these symptoms of like, you know, sitting down and not being able to sit like all these crazy things. And so I, I, I knew in my mind. But for me, it wasn't so much about feeling like I needed to be thinner. I knew I was thin. It was more about sustaining where I was because I was so afraid to be bigger someday or in the future. Or I was like, I felt more comfortable being more underweight because then it was like, well, if I gain a little bit, I'm fine. But if I gain a lot, then I'm not. You know, so I was like, I'd rather just stay down here. So even if I gain a little, I have like a cushion. That's Mm -hmm. what like my mental game was. Yeah. So when you started like blogging and podcasting, were you still going through recovery? Oh, yeah. I was like in this when I started it. Like I started my blog through this and I was, you know, ironically writing about you know, jicama fry recipes. And like, I was very into like raw food. And so I was, I was writing weird recipes. And I was also like writing about yoga. But weirdly, my blog at the at that time was I started it like with my boyfriend at at the time. And so I had this job in college where I could I, I kind of like checked people into um, I checked the video equipment out in the building that my my program was in. And so I could basically I got paid to be on my computer. Like yeah. I could just my computer and so I was reading a lot of blogs and I was like I could do that and he was like okay I'll build you a website and so he did and 
the thing I was most interested in was wellness. So it had like kind of a wellness slant, but I also talked about, you know, like whatever I was meandering on the internet and whatever I was inspired by. So it wasn't, you know, super wellnessy focused, but it, it did in, in some ways kind of prolong my eating disorder in a, in a sense because I was able, and I think I talked about this in my talk too, I was able to find people who were in the same mindset as I was, Mm -hmm. you know, I was able to find people who were super into clean eating. Maybe they weren't disordered or maybe they weren't as disordered, but they were, and I think disordered eating is a spectrum and, you know, I'm still probably on it a little bit. Like I'm still not a normal eater. Like I look at people in my life now who are definitely normal eaters and I'm like, I'm not that normal, you Mm -hmm. know, and not that that necessarily is a good or bad thing. And and who knows me? I think, you know, it's definitely a process and in the way that we relate to food will change throughout our lives. But at the time, you know, I think I was able to find people and get myself into this little bubble to make what I was doing okay because the people around me didn't think it was okay. But I was like, well, this girl eats this way and uh, it's fine. I'm just going to do what she does. And that's what I think is so dangerous about sharing all of our meals and sharing what we're doing on the internet. Because for me, I was, I was taking people's diet books and blog posts and all of these things. And I was like, okay, look at this girl. She looks really happy and really healthy and great. And her career is great. And her relationships are great. What does she eat? How much does she work out? I'm just going to do exactly oh that. God. I and did the I'll exact same way. thing. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. I think a lot of us do. And I think that's the scary thing because somebody could, that's why I don't really like post about my food much anymore at all, unless I like really feel like it. And then I do, but mm-hmm. It's and, and I try to like be balanced about what I post and you know if I'm gonna post a bunch of really healthy things like also post when I have something that's purely a treat because I think it's great to see all of that in the full spectrum of of you know who someone is because it's so easy to be like okay well she's eating that then I'm gonna do exactly that and when in reality what works for you isn't gonna work for me and what works for joe and sally or whatever yeah no i think that's no i did the same thing i would cling to like interviews with people like where they would say what they ate in a day and their workout routines and i would be like i'm just gonna do exactly what they did and then i would use that to validate well this girl's not underweight and she looks healthy and happy and everybody thinks she's like a health icon so if i do exactly what she's doing then i can't be doing anything wrong you know when that wasn't the case and everyone's so different and also people aren't even telling the truth about what they're doing yeah and and that's the important thing like that's what I'm saying like I I had a friend who first of all I'm so proud of you like I'm so proud of you for every like how far you proud of you (laughs) you're amazing no I I was just gonna say I, I have this friend who has a blog and a, a, you know, is in this kind of space. And she was posting a lot of like, you know, very ingredient heavy recipes with like lots of ingredients and or tonics and um, superfoods and all these things, which are fun. And I love and, you know, people don't need them to yeah. live, but they're they're enjoyable. And I think they're fun, but they're not necessary. Yeah. And that's what I believe. And um, somebody said to her, they were like, I can't follow you anymore because I just feel so bad about myself because I don't, I'm not eating like this and every meal and I'm not, you know, having all of these every single day. And her response to this person was, I'm not either. Like I, you know, had a cheeseburger last night or whatever it was. And I just don't post that. And then, and that got me thinking like, 
I, I don't think either of them are in the wrong, but I think it is like kind of a danger with social media of like where it's a snapshot of people and it's not real. And I think it, I don't think that, you know, my friend posting the tonics and the superfoods should have to post every single one of her meals to like be an online person. She can just, that's fine for her to post just the pretty ones or just mm-hmm. the ones that, you know, she's excited about that. That's totally fine. But like the danger is there are people looking at that of like, I'm going to do what she does, you know? And yeah. I think that's the danger of like, maybe it is important to, to post every once in a while when you're having, you know, the thing that you deem as, you know, bad or different or like, or just being, you know, inclusive of, of those different varieties of, of ways that we eat. I think that is important. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that it's hard because I think both sides have to be more responsible. Like I feel like as people who are posting photos, you have to understand that some people think that you're only like everything's exact truth and that's how it is. And that's exactly what you're eating. Like, and you have to take that into consideration, but also what you're saying, it's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to post every single thing that goes into my mouth. Like I just don't have the time of day and no one needs to know it. Why does it matter? But right. like on the other side, the cons- like consume, like when I'm consuming information, I have to remind myself I'm not seeing the whole situation. Like there mm-hmm. are there are so many people who make recipes and post photos just for f- pictures, and like to them, they genuinely are just posting it as like this is f- a photo of food or like this is photography of a workout, not like this is my real routine. And then other people take it as like this is my real everyday routine. You know? Yeah. I just think on both sides, everybody needs to realize it's not it's not real life always. Yeah. Not that it's not that it's a lie necessarily all the time, but it's just not you're not seeing the whole picture. You know? Yeah. And so I think And both sometimes of us, it's yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. And I'm attracted to the things that are real. Like that's why I like Instagram stories so much better yeah. than I like I was just gonna you say know, that. I like Snapchat, I like stories. I I'm I'm over like the perfect lighting and the like uh, that's that's fine. It's yeah. cool. But like I want to see you and I want to like and the, and that's like I don't know, I really like my newsletter. I I'm sending I'm I was just writing it earlier and and I send out this like I have this smaller newsletter list that's, you know, not everyone who listens to the podcast is on it, but it's it really feels like this like very tight-knit group of my friends and I'm so raw and real in that newsletter and and I don't know I need to call it something better than a newsletter but <laughs> anyway I, I used to say I sent it out monthly but like I haven't sent it out for like three months because I've just been like busy but um anyway I'm one's gonna go out like I'm gonna press go into the MailChimp like right after this yeah and I, I was having such a beautiful time writing it because I was so raw and so authentic and unfiltered and real and that felt really good and I think people appreciate that and I think that's why people connect with me and my podcast is because I'm the first to say that I'm not perfect and that I'm kind of a mess and I'm just figuring this out because that's our 20s you know it's essentially Mm -hmm. like a second adolescence that no one really tells you about and you're alone for and you just have to like fend for yourself and like know when to buy toilet paper when it runs out and like do your taxes which are two things that like (laughs) I'm terrible at (laughs) I don't know either of those (laughs) um yeah in terms of like overcoming those old mindsets and like recovery and stuff was there a moment where things like clicked for you and you felt like you kind of had a breakthrough or or even if not a moment just something that you felt like really helped you on your journey and helped you 
overcome mm-hmm. that the most? Yeah. I mean, I think it's important for me to say there definitely wasn't a moment. Mm-hmm. I think like that, that right there is a lesson. Like there, I thought that there would be, like, I thought I would just be done with it. And I don't feel it's been, you know, that was when I was 21 and I just turned 27 and like, I still have bad body image days or I, well, you know, I have bad body, bad body image moments, but I try to do things that make them not turn into bad body image days like they used to or weeks or months, you know, Mm -hmm. where I just would like be sad and hate myself. Um, and I, I try to shift out of it rather quickly now. And I try to make that comeback time quicker. And that's that's a big shift. But I think the thing that like helped me the most in healing this was realizing that it's not about food and exercise. This is a body image issue. And like that term itself is so uncool and like maybe needs a rebrand. But if you cannot heal the food, your relationship with food or your relationship with exercise, if you don't heal your relationship with your body image mm-hmm. and realizing that and actually doing some of the work on that was really helpful. And someone who you might've heard on my podcast, her name's Isabel Fox and Duke was a big influence on me who opened me up to looking at this, looking at weight as a feminist issue and looking at something called health at every size, which is a book by Dr. Linda Bacon. And she in that book blows the myth that, weight is related to health and really shows that like people can actually be truly physically healthy regardless of their body fat and how big or small that they are. And that was that it didn't necessarily help me. I was like, okay, that's great, but I don't want to be fat. I want to be thin. That's what I thought, you know, at the time. And I, and I still have thoughts like that. Um, but I realized that like, okay, this is, this is a bigger issue than, you know, just what I'm seeing here and actually getting angry and being like, okay, women are have been taught that they, they should look a certain way and that they should be physically small because of the media and because of society and because of the diet industry, which thrives on us being repeat customers, right? Yeah. You know, so the diet industry is telling us that we need to be thin. The media is telling us we need to be thin by simply showing us primarily white, thin women in all of their content. And so, you know, I grew up admiring Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen and being like, I want to look like that. And I admired all of these like women who were thin because that's all I really saw. And that's starting to change with, you know, the media and like, there's people doing really great work like Lena Dunham and, and lots of others now, but you know, it's happening slowly. And so I think, you know, getting angry and looking at this as a feminist issue and being like, all right, how can I address this? And what can I do to help is really being yourself, you know, is really being like, okay, I'm not going to conform. I'm going to be okay with like the body shape that my body is meant to be. And like, for me, I never, I I wasn't meant to be that small. Like I was, and I was unhealthy and I was unhappy and I'm a way cooler person now. And my body shape is not, you know, what I wanted it to be when I was younger. And I'm learning slowly to be okay with like, all right, well, this is how I look now. And and it's, I, I often compare it to my hair because I have really curly, coarse hair and I straighten it most of the time or I just like blow it dry straight. And, um, you know, I always wished to have straight hair when I was younger. And now I'm like, all right, this is what I've got. 
I can hide it and I can try to like make it straight sometimes and people can think it's like that naturally, but it's not. And if they poured a bucket of water over my head, like my hair would like come into ringlets, you know, Mm -hmm. and like that's okay, but I can't change that. And this is just like who I am and becoming okay with that and getting to know myself beyond my physicality and learning like this is my body. This is what I've got to walk around in this time around. You know, I don't know if we come back. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. But this is what I've got to work with. And uh, I better get to know myself beyond that and figure out, you know, how I can validate myself beyond like how much I weigh or how I look. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think also, I mean, what's ironic is what we're what we're like supposed to think is the ideal is Honestly, usually people are at their unhealthiest. I mean, I know personally when I – the one time in my life I had abs, I was so unhealthy. I was almost about to die. Like I had so many health issues, you know, like – and like a lot of these women who we're supposed to like look up to if they're not photoshopped and that's actually their bodies aren't healthy, you know? Like do they have their periods? Like, you know, stuff like that. Um which is scary and I hate I mean for me personally it's like I literally had to like feel it in my body like I had to experience it to fully understand it which and I would hate I don't want anybody else to have to do that if that makes sense you know yeah like I don't want anybody else to have to be 75 pounds and like scared that they're gonna die to realize that like what your body looks like doesn't fucking matter you know like and then I was I mean this morning I was thinking about it because I was going for my walk and I was like watching Instagram stories and I just felt overwhelmed by just the food and the workouts and people posting everything they're doing and then people going on rants about wellness things and I just wanted I I was about to post a story but I didn't because I just didn't even want to like open up the app again and I just wanted to be like there like life is not supposed to be about food and working out like if that is like what life is about that's not important like it's so silly like when you take a like if you take a step back like that it's like focusing so much on that and at the end of the day if you're five pounds heavier or 10 pounds heavier 10 pounds lighter like what is that going to get you you know like is someone going to really love you more or less no so it just No, it's a lot. I'm glad you said all that. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about about at the beginning with my, you know, suggestion of listening to the news, (laughs) which seems so like elementary. But like, I think for people in this world and this mindset, you can get so wrapped into, you know, like what you're eating and what all the people you're following are eating. You can forget that like we're in a crazy political climate and like the world is pretty crazy right now. And like maybe we should think about those things, you know, and something really good for me is that like, I have friends who and my boyfriend are like, not at all into this stuff, you know, yeah, other than like, so me talking good. about yeah. it all the time. But I, you know, I don't talk about this on I with you and it is fun to like be around. And of course, I have friends that are in this space. And it is fun to kind of geek out about this stuff once in a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm really glad that like the people I'm surrounded by, you know, in real life, aren't or aren't you know they can appreciate it if I want to like you know get it potable with them they can like have a fun time but they're not gonna like talk to me about it and I think that that's really important to help you see the world as a whole and what you're saying about like those those five pounds 
this is not my thought, but I read this in like a blog post years ago, but they said something like those five pounds, those extra five pounds that you want to get rid of or 10 pounds or whatever it is. Those five pounds are you're sampling your wedding cake and, you know, your mom's pie that you love so much at Christmas yeah. or Thanksgiving or whatever. And, you know, when your um, best friend bakes you cupcakes because you were feeling sad or, you know, a, you know, moment with a friend where you like had this lovely dinner or whatever it is, like those are those five pounds. Like those are experiences in life. And mm-hmm. why do we miss those for to look a perfect way, like when all of it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It just seems so sad to me. And yes, and yeah. it's, I'm in it too. Like I'm not better than this. It's, I'm not sad because I'm like beyond this. I'm sad because like this is how I think too. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to anymore. Yeah, no, I, I actually wrote around the holidays. You know, I'm reading all, like there's all these posts about – you know, how to handle the sweets during the holidays and blah, 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 like how not to gain weight. And I wrote a post with my own version of it. And I was like, if you want to eat cake and pie on Christmas, why the hell wouldn't you? Like, it's like, I don't, you know, and like, I had people messaging me being like, but I can't like, like, I have to make sure I like, you know, what about what if I just take one bite, then I can taste it. But I, and I'm just like, are we really gonna? Like, yeah. Are you serious? We're splitting hairs here. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's sad. I hope that slowly people start to, I mean, I think that was kind of why I felt like I loved the Good Fest so much because it was so separate from that, if that makes sense. That mm-hmm. whole issue, like we weren't, I felt like we were addressing real things. <laughs> we yeah. were just talking about what everybody ate that day. Like what yeah. your favorite superfoods are. <laughs> yeah, and like our friend Jess Renan said yeah. this to our our friends Jess and Kate, the founders, um, and Jen, um, and she was like, "You brought the right people together," mm-hmm. and I think that that was really important because you know it was a wellness festival essentially, and or it totally was, and I think that that's great, but I think there's a danger with that that it could have gone a different way. Yeah, you know, I it totally could have been a bunch of people talking about, you know, dieting is really Mm -hmm. what it could have been essentially. And it wasn't that at all because they had a diversity in voices. They had, you know, yeah, they had someone talking about plant-based eating, but they also had me talking about anti-dieting and health at every size, you know? And they also had, you know, my, my dear friend Katie talking about negative talk and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so many, important voices that were really diverse from each other and also anyway I could talk about that all day yeah. but I think that that's that's important and I've, I've I think I maybe told you but I spoke at a different thing years ago or like years like two <laughs> but mm-hmm. um it was I like followed a dietitian who was talking about like very strict dieting and I and my mom actually like came to the to the talk with me and I turned to my mom and was like, I'm about to go up there and like negate everything that woman said. And this woman was like much older than me, had a much bigger following than me yeah. and many more credentials than me. And then I stood up there as like, you know, a 25 year old with a podcast yeah. being like, actually maybe you shouldn't diet and actually that's going to maybe F up your metabolism. Yeah, and good for I you. I used to be really thin and I was really unhappy and hated myself and almost died. Yeah. Like, you know, so oh my God. anyway. Well, no, I'm glad you did that. No, that's Thank why it's you. so important that people like you are like 
talking about it, you know, like, and likewise, like you, I mean, I think this conversation is, I, I talk about my eating disorder and I will, even though I'm getting further and further from it forever, because it's still a part of me. And I think that more people should be talking about it. I agree. And people are like, people will be like, I can't believe you're so, you're so brave. You're so like comfortable talking about it. I'm like, I don't feel like I'm brave. Like, it's not weird. I want to, I want to talk about it as much as I can because I want other people to like realize they're not alone and that they can overcome it. And like that we shouldn't feel like this, you know? Yeah. I think that. And also, do you feel like, I feel like for me, it helps me too to yeah. stay healed because, Same. um, you know, I, and it's not like I feel like a responsibility, but I do kind of feel like, you know, it, it feels disingenuous if I was to, and I have before, you know, like kind of gone back into it and I, I don't want to do that for myself. And, yeah. and also because I, I, it's disingenuous to like the message I want people to get from my work if I, there is one. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It does help. Um, I want, I could talk about this for hours, but I do kind of want to cover a few things because it's already been yeah. a long time. But yeah, so yeah. kind of I'm curious because you like literally were like the the OG wellness podcaster. <laughs> and I'm just curious, like what one day made you decide to start a podcast? Like that seems like it would be so random. Like I felt like it was random for me. Like when I started, everyone was like, what's a podcast? And you started it way before me and there was like no one yeah. else doing it. So how did you just like come up with that or decide that would be something you wanted to do? You're so funny. Jordan said the same thing to me. Like before I met you, she said the same thing to me. Like, how did you like, what did you? And and when she asked me that, I was like, I don't know. I just did. But I've thought about it a little bit. And I think so. I moved here. I moved to Detroit and I was living alone and lonely. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I was like dry I was like in my car. I was like driving more. And so I think I just like started listening to some podcasts on my iTelephone. And this was like 2012. And so I would listen to a lot of like NPR well produced podcasts like This American Life. And like I said, I'm an auditory learner. So I liked that mm-hmm. aspect of it. And um my mentor at the time Gabrielle Bernstein didn't have a podcast, but she had some of her old talks from like 2009 on iTunes. Like they were just, they still are there actually. Um, but they were just on iTunes. And so I found those, or I think my, like one of my mentors like told me about, um, her and I, I found her talk. So I started listening to those and I just liked having things on while I was walking or while I was driving. It made me feel less alone. It's a good medium for, you know, people on the go. And it was just nice to have, I did, I'd never have had a TV in my apartment. And so like, I, I like to just have something on in the background while I was mm-hmm. cooking or doing laundry or, um, you know, getting ready in the morning. And so I would just start putting these on. And then the same thing happened that happened with blogging, you know, where I was reading a lot of blogs and I went to that, that same boyfriend and I was like, podcasts are so cool. I, I wish I had one. And he was like, okay. And he was the one that like figured out all the technology. He bought me this microphone. What and, a, uh, what a- like technologically competent person. <laughs> I really, really lucked out on that one. Um, he's a, a great person. Uh, I haven't talked to him a while, but uh, thank you very much. Yeah. It's a live podcast. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, he like he was. It, it was. I'm very very grateful to this person because 
I am so not great with technology and things mm-hmm. that I was just like, wish I could have a podcast. Meh, meh. Like I would have just stopped there. But he yeah. was like, oh, we'll figure it out. Like it's just, everything's a Google away, you know? Yeah. And so like he he never had a podcast either, but he helped me figure it out and, you know, taught me how to like edit it in GarageBand. And, and I actually, I studied radio actually in college. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I... I, I studied broadcast journalism, so I, I learned about, you know, I thought I wanted to be a TV news reporter, so some of our prereq classes for TV news were radio classes, so, like, I kind of knew GarageBand, but, like, not well, and, you know, I didn't really, really know too much, but I taught myself enough that I could do it, and, you know, still, you know my show, like, it's not super edited, and it's mm. not, you know, the best quality in the world, and the early episodes, like, the first 10 or so, I didn't have a microphone, and, you know, I was very bare bones doing it, and still, it's just, like, very organic, but yeah. I think that gave me the confidence of, like, I'll just try this. Do you remember what your first episode was about? Yes. I interviewed my health coach. Her name is Philippa. She is still amazing and great. She lives in Sweden, but she used to live in New York City. And I followed her blog for years. It was called Raw Clarity. And she was just kind of like a healthy blogger that I loved when I was in college. And she had just gone to nutrition school. And she like gave away a free like consult session when I was like a junior in college she like tweeted it and I saw the tweet and I like got the session and then she became my first like coach that I worked with and um anyway so then like years later when I started the podcast she was the first person I asked on and I I had her back eventually and, and did another one but I don't remember exactly what we talked about but I'm sure it was like really granular questions about like what she ate and how much she exercised yeah that's so. Funny. That's where I was. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever listened to your like very first episode. You have so many episodes. You have like eight million. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it actually would probably be funny. I'm kind of curious now. But I will say this, like, quickly. I remember after I hung up the phone for that episode and I hung up Skype. I I prepared a lot for it. You know, like I had no copious notes on her, and I was very excited. And I hung up from that episode. And I'll never forget this. She emailed me, and she was like wrote me this very nice email that was just like, Katie, you were so good at that and you should keep doing that. And I think honestly, if I wouldn't have gotten that email, I maybe wouldn't have kept going. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I did a good job when I hung up before I saw her email. I was like, that was really fun. That was really easy. And like, I felt myself. And then I read that and I was like, huh, I think I'll do more of these. And yeah, I have every single Wednesday. Just just a few more. Yeah, just a few more. Um, (laughs) What made you change the name of your podcast? Because you changed it from Wellness Wonderland to Let It Out. Yeah. Well, when my I had a, I published a book about journaling in 2016, and my publisher at the time um, wanted me to change my website to my name, um, just because it was kind of confusing. Like, who is the what's the Wellness Wonderland? Is this girl a part of it? Like, it was me, but like they just thought it would be better for my book if mm-hmm. my and less confusing if I changed my website. So I had to do that anyway, which I was fine with. And then I was like, that's okay, because the podcast will still be called Wellness Wonderland. And I was very attached to that name. Like, it came to me in a yoga class. I really enjoyed it. I thought it sounded cool. Like, I liked it. Whimsical. It was very me. Um, But as my topics were getting more diverse and I was getting more diverse, I didn't want to talk about wellness 
anymore. You know, like it will be a part of it and I still will ask people about it. And, you know, I'll still have on like cookbook authors and wellnessy people from time to time. But now I also interview comedians and actors and, you know, different people doing different things. And it, I thought that I could just take that term and make it an umbrella term that encompassed wellness of all different kinds, mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical. But then I was like, you know what? I think it'll be easier if I just call it Let It Out, which is the name of my book. And it kind of works as a podcast name too, because Let It Out, you know, we're letting all of it out. And I don't know. I was just like, I think it works. And it's a little bit easier. It kind of rhymes with my last name if I say Let It Out with Katie Dale Bout. Like it kind of so I don't know, I just kind of like it and, and I thought it would just be easier with like the book title and me and then I could kind of get rid of wellness from being the forefront and it can just kind of be a part of it. And yeah. I think that's better for me. I think that's cool because it also, you know, parallels your own personal like health journey, you know, from being hyper focused on wellness to just everything. So I yeah. like that. I think it's nice. Um, I want to talk about like your book a little bit. Um too so it's about journaling right um how did you first like get into journaling so when I was going through like the height of all of that that we were talking about like that you know I remember it was like a certain summer where I was like really you know seeing all of these therapists and coaches and my family was worried about me now surrounded by people but I still felt very much alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know myself. That was why. And no one really told me to do this, but I had a gift card from my graduation to a bookstore and I was standing in the bookstore and I was in the self-help section because I was constantly reading self-help books and diet books and cookbooks. That's all I read was nonfiction. And I was like, I don't even, I don't even know which one of these to buy with my gift card. I don't know what to do. And so I wandered out of the self-help section and I went into the stationery section and I just bought this colorful journal. And I started to spend time like outside just writing down my raw, unfiltered thoughts and feelings. And that was the first time I was doing that because for years I was filtering, you know, I was, I, I'm a people pleaser and I want people to like me. And so to my friends and even people I thought were safe, like my therapist, I wanted my therapist to like me. So I wasn't saying like the darkest of dark thoughts I was having. And I wasn't saying the lightest of like lofty goals I was having because I was embarrassed. You know, I was like embarrassed that they were too big or I was embarrassed that I was like too, you know, like sad and effed up. Like I was just like really you know, I wasn't being real with anyone. So I didn't know who I was. So I started writing in this journal, these, you know, I wasn't really writing to anyone. Sometimes I felt like I was writing to, you know, a therapist or coach or friend, but sometimes I just kind of was writing, but it it felt cathartic to me and it gave me relief. And so eventually I, you know, I still kind of kept doing it here and there when I felt, you know, like pregnant with an emotion that I needed to process, I would turn to my journal and it was helpful. And then I ended up, you know, I I started other people were kind of telling me their problems and I would be like, you know, this kind of weird thing that I do is like journaling and maybe try it. Like I was just kind of like 
embarrassed to tell them, but I would. And then they'd be like, no, 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 you know, I wouldn't have anything to say. I'm not a writer. Like, that's, I can't do that. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not a writer and I don't really have anything to say, but it is cathartic to me and it gives me relief. So how is that possible? And I started to kind of give people prompts and I started to ask them questions that they could try in their journal to make it, you know, more directed for them. And that was helpful. And so I realized, you know, if you give someone a good question, they'll get a good answer from their intuition and they'll be able to communicate with themselves on like a deeper level than, you know, who they are on the surface. Because on the surface, we're often wearing masks, you know, we're wearing masks with everyone. We put on like our Instagram mask and our work mask and our family mask. And I have many that I wear. But I'm not really real unless I'm with myself in my journal. So, And that feels really good because with that self-awareness, then I can – at least I know who I am. And maybe I'm not like feeling okay with being that vulnerable with everyone in my life right away. But at least I know what it is so I can eventually bring a different level or a, a deeper level of vulnerability to my relationships if I first do that with myself. So that's kind of how it came to be. And then I ended up getting a book deal and my book is, you know, it's out now. It's 55 journaling exercises on everything from organization and decluttering to relationships to food and body image. There's a bunch on that because clearly that's where our issues are. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, money, there's like, there's, there's a tool for everything. Um, yeah. It's really creative and funny and, you know, inspired by all different things. Well, congratulations on writing that and having that published. That's such a big accomplishment. Like, I, you feel like I, you just gloss over it. You're so humble about it, but like, that's huge. So, oh my God. congratulations. You're but, the sweetest. So, do you still journal every day? No, no, I don't journal every day, and I and I didn't ever really. You know, okay. it's something I do really frequently, mm-hmm. mostly every day. But, um, you know, it's I. There's so many shoulds in wellness. It's like, you know, have your drink enough water and get enough sleep and, you know, eat your right amount of food, but not too much and uh, fats and uh, no fats and avocado all whatever. And I'm just like over giving someone another should, even myself. And so I think, you know, there are kind of two ways to be a journaler. I call it like the in the book, I say like the SOS journaler is like when something weird happens or like shit hits the fan or like whatever it is. They turn to their journal and like, and this is me, um, and process it that way. Or there's kind of like a more maintenance journaling person that kind of like checks in with themselves every day and asks a simple question of like, how are you actually feeling? Mm-hmm. And, you know, goes from there. And I don't think there's like a wrong way to do it. And there, there's been time periods in my life where I've done, you know, something similar to like the morning pages, which is the first exercise in my book is it's called the morning dump, which, you know, is just like a funny way of saying you know, it, it's a it's a version of Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way morning pages, which is stream of consciousness writing front back front three pages. And mine is like a more directed version of that with specific questions that kind of like help you get started for your day. Um, so I'll do something like that kind of every day to just like check in with myself. And, and then some days it kind of turns into a list of what I need to do that day. Sometimes it turns into like an email to my therapist or like a conversation I need to have with like a friend, but it's a good way to kind of check in and like, what am I even thinking? Like sometimes I don't know what I'm thinking unless I'm writing. Yeah. I think that I feel like journaling is like so overlooked. Like, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I used to journal when I was younger and then I got older and and then stopped, you know, and it's such a simple, it's so important, but I feel like people 
forget about it as they get older or like they avoid it because they don't want to get to know themselves, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. They don't want to face their thoughts. Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times I don't want to journal and I want to like, even when I need to the most, you know, it puts that mirror up in your face of Mm -hmm. what you're actually thinking. And then you have to, if you don't know what's going on, you don't have to do something about it. But when you know what's going on, then you have to like take some action or you Mm -hmm. think that you do. And so a lot of times when I need to journal the most, I like get a snack and then I get another snack Mm -hmm. and then I like call a friend and then I scroll through Instagram and then I like overwork, you know, like I don't ever want to just be with myself, but you know, forcing myself to do that every once in a while is the healthiest thing I can do. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, Okay, a few last questions for you. Okay. Okay, what's something random that people don't know about you? Like a random fact. I always have, like, a go-to one I do for this, but I I should think of, like, something fresh. Yeah, you should. Um, (laughs) Hmm. What do not a lot of people know about me? Oh, man. Okay, this is, like, kind of dumb. I'll say, like, two. Um, Yeah. I'm a very heavy sleeper. Like, nothing can wake me up. And I talk in my sleep a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's one thing I've learned about myself. Um, and have, I also know every... Yes? Have you ever woken yourself up from talking? Because I have. No. No, but that... <laughs> if we have a sleepover, which I hope we do, we'd yeah. probably be, like... We'll talk to each other in our sleep. Yeah? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> What's your yeah. second? Well, I, this is the one I always say, and I, I know every line to the musical Rent. Um, oh, yeah. Like, backwards. Like, it's just, like, a favorite of mine. Um, but that's, like, I don't know. I what's, feel like people know that at this point. What's your all-time favorite movie? Oh, it's called Happy Thank You More, Please. Um, it is a movie by Josh Radner, and um, he writes it and directs it and stars in it, and it's just like a really lovely indie film that came out a couple of years ago with like Kate Mara and a lot of really cool people. And the theme of the movie is kind of uplifting. It's gratitude, but it's just about people in their 20s, like being real and messing up and being stupid. And um, it has a good soundtrack and it's in New York and I love it. OK, I like that. I need to watch that. You need to watch it. There's a tool in my book based off of that movie. And OK. Yeah, and I had Josh on my podcast, and we, like, talked about it. Ooh, love that. Okay. Also, what are, like, the biggest changes that you've made in your life that you feel like have made it better? Like, you know, like, looking at your life and just maybe mindset changes or actual things that you've done that you just feel like have improved your your well-being, yourself, your everything, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, so I'll give a couple. Um, about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago now, I started meditating. I started to do TM meditation, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I had tried to like do guided meditations before or do, you know, Kundalini meditations, and like, you know, I did them here and there, and they were like nice, you know. But once I started doing TM, which is twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the evening, every single day. It just helped me. I feel like it helped me get to know myself. I liked the way I behaved more when I did it than when I didn't do it. And that has been something I think that has made a positive impact on my life. And the other thing is diversifying my coping mechanisms. 
for life, you know, like we all have to cope. Sometimes we solve like journaling is like you're solving, going to therapy is solving your problems. But sometimes we want to cope, you know, we want to, you know, turn to food or drugs or alcohol or, you know, social media or work. And, you know, and I've turned to like lots of different things in my life. But I think when I diversify my coping mechanisms for life to include, you know, calling a friend and it's okay to like sometimes just like watch a show or, you know, it's, it's good to like take a warm bath and go on a walk. But like, sometimes it's also okay to like bake something random in my kitchen or like, you know, watch a weird YouTube video or like go down a wormhole on something like that's also fine too, but just diversifying what my coping mechanisms were. And then just diversifying my worldview and my hobbies and the people in my life and like kind of popping that social media bubble of like, all people super into kale and green juice. And like, I think that's really important. Like we were saying at the beginning, it kind of all ties back of like, I started to not be so focused on wellness. And I started to listen to different podcasts. I wasn't just listening to personal growth things or spirituality things or wellness things. I was also listening to comedy and news. And I was also, you know, reading different things and reading nonfiction and focusing on things I liked when I was a kid and like before all of this, I started taking yeah. improv classes and you know, anyway, I think that that's helped me more than any wellnessy thing I could say. I love that. Okay. One last thing. So I just want to off the top of your head, I'm sure there's multiple, but can you think of a specific moment or experience that you felt was especially like impactful or transformative in your life? Just something that stands out to you. Maybe it made you really happy or just like, made you think extra hard just something that you know what I'm saying like a moment in your life that stands out for any reason really oh man that's such a good question I feel like my life is flashing before my eyes like a car accident <laughs> um hmm you know uh, this is maybe kind of an obvious one or like a boring one but when I got the book deal mm. I it was very good for me and, and not because it was a book deal and like, yeah, that was like exciting and cool, but like it changed something in me and I don't think everyone needs this, but where I was at the time, I really didn't value myself and I didn't think I was worthy and I didn't think I was like a real podcaster, a real blogger, and I didn't have anything to legitimize myself. And when that happened, I was like, oh, I can keep doing this. I can keep going. This isn't a silly hobby. And, you know, my family didn't really, under, they still don't really, but like they didn't understand what I was doing, you know, outside of my full-time job. Like, no, I was kind of like, oh, she has her silly blog. What is that? You know, yeah. like what is a podcast? Like, but when I got the book, you know, it was something that like my mom could see in Barnes and Noble, you know, and it yeah. was something that could, I didn't need that. But at the time I think I did. And mm -hmm. so me getting that, I was like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to be good and I'm going to heal and I'm going to not let this like mean thing, these mean things about my body get me down anymore. And I've, I've got to write this now. Like now I have to do it. Like I, I better figure my shit out a little bit. Yeah. And that was really important for me because before that, you know, I just didn't value myself. And I don't think that you need a book deal or you need a relationship or you need you know, five stars on iTunes or whatever it is. Like, I don't think you need those things, but I'm just very grateful for that moment. I'm grateful that for that, that happened and I wasn't expecting it. And it blindsided me with, um, 
you know, contentment and it only lasted a second. Like, and then, and I wrote, I've written about this multiple times. Like you see your book out, it's been out for over a year now. And like, I remember I thought, you know, having my book published, it was going to like change everything. And unicorns would like fall, fall down from the sky and like there's everywhere. And like, you want to know what happened when I saw my book in Barnes and Noble? It was absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nobody gave a shit. Like it was cool, but it was like over, you know? Yeah. And so that, that's, that was the other lesson. Like, I think just as big as like getting the book deal, the other lesson was like the book deal doesn't mean anything. And like, yeah. I'm just a person and I'm, you know, maybe I'll write another book. Maybe I'll have another podcast. Maybe I'll move to New York. Like all these things that like, I think will make me okay in the world. Like, you know, we were talking about this before we started, like I'm about to move to New York City, which is something I wanted to do since I was a kid. But I, I guarantee you, I'm going to get there and be like, oh, okay, so this is it. You know, like, yeah. nothing we think will fulfill us will actually fulfill us. Mm-hmm. We have to fulfill ourselves from within. Yes. Because I, you know, have wanted the relationship or the body or the career or the book or the move. And it's like, you get it and you're just kind of like, huh. Oh. Now I want this. Now yeah. there's always another thing. So it's like we have to somehow be okay with all of the craziness in our mind or we're just going to keep spinning for life. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like learning to love the now instead of just always looking for something in the future to fulfill us. I think that's something that everybody – I mean I struggle with that too. So It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's like – it's an endless, it's not like I'm like, oh, well, now I'm uh, in the moment and everything's uh, perfect. Yeah. Like, it's not that at all, but that's yeah. the goal, I guess. Well, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think it's, yeah, no, it's amazing that you published a book and it's amazing that you do everything you do. And I'm so grateful that you came on this podcast. Like, it means so Thank much to you. me. I could talk it means to you so for, much to me. I could talk to you for like hours, but. I've already kept you for so long. I feel bad, but I don't even know what time it is. Um, <laughs> long. It's later than I thought. Yeah, sorry, but okay. Why don't you tell my listeners like where they can find you, where they can get your book, oh, all your yeah. stuff? Thanks. Cool. Yeah, um, I'm just a Google away. You know, <laughs> Katie Delbaud. <laughs> I'm. It's pretty easy to find. I'm at Katie Delbaud on all of social media, and my website is that too. My podcast is called Let It Out with Me, and then the newsletter list actually that I was talking about is is really nice. You know, like I I only send emails like very sporadically, but um, when you sign up, you get my quick start guide to living in wellness wonderland I still call it mm-hmm. but basically it's just like all of the things that make me feel less alone in the world so it's like my favorite quotes my favorite videos my favorite movies my favorite podcasts my favorite books um anything that's helped me in my life um skincare like everything I love you just like get a guide of that you know if you want it um but yeah you can sign up for that that's like the best way to like keep in touch with me awesome yeah everybody Go follow Katie. She's amazing. Check out her book. Start journaling. You're the best. Thank you. You're the best. No. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. So I have to have you back someday for sure because this conversation made me really happy. But everybody, definitely check out Katie. And thanks for listening. And thanks for joining me, Katie. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for having me. I love you and your podcast. And I was so happy to be here. Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye. How awesome is Katie? 
She's amazing. That conversation just gave me all the feels. And there's something about her, her aura and energy that's just really calming and comforting, I feel like. And she just makes you feel safe. And a lot of really inspirational advice in there. She is somebody who I just really admire in this space. And I'm so glad that I discovered her and hopefully now you've fallen in love with her too. So like we said, you can find her on katydalebot.com. Definitely, definitely subscribe to her newsletter because it's amazing and check out her book, Let It Out. And you can also obviously look up her podcast on iTunes, the Let It Out with Katie Dalebot podcast incredible add that to your subscription list and as usual if you haven't subscribed to this podcast actually adultish please subscribe if you like the show it's totally free it just makes sure that you get the new episodes popping up in your queue or whatever they call those things nowadays when there's a new episode up and please leave a rating and review if you haven't. Please tell people about the podcast if you liked it so they learn more about it and we can get the word out. That's how we get the word out. Word of mouth. You know, grassroots campaigns over here. But hopefully you enjoyed this. I had a great time talking to Katie and I definitely want her back. And thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye.